0: Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 9, Episode 3, titled, "Draggly Ever After. My name is Joba Tance, and I am joined, as always, by two charming sugar daddies. From the podcast pod is my co-pilot. Please tip your hat to Taylor Elias Disney.
1: Now, okay... Yes. Last week, you 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 spilled the tea. You you spoiled that one for me. Am I getting yeah. a new name next week? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because I when I opened the script today, I was a little excited that I would get a new name or there would just be a line. And no. I was like, oh, he told me that one already, but it's it's okay. See, now now i I've, I've I've changed just from being privately hostile to you to openly hostile to you within the first couple seconds of the show. I'm going to tell you
0: something. I want everyone to understand this. I Taylor, tell me if you recognize this. I have intentionally called you less because
1: I know it infuriates you when I call. And I am going to state this record. I have missed your phone calls. Oh, yeah. I'm, oh, I'm sure. I've, I've missed your phone calls. But then last night when we were setting up some technical stuff, I, real, I recognized halfway through the conversation, I was being a bitch. I, so I apologize. Guys,
0: I, you know what? I'm glad. he, <laughs> Unlike Aja... He can recognize when he's being extra. Even though I think, well, we'll get to this end of the show. And from Entertainment Weekly Radio on Sirius XM Radio, he's the flick in one-on-one with Larry
2: Flick. Throw some shade at Miss Larry Flick. Well, Taylor, you're not the only one who gives him a bad voice when he calls. Because <laughs> oh yeah, this Joe Batanz... Yeah. <laughs> is a very lonely man. <laughs> Let me tell you something about this Joe <laughs> he Batanz. He works through a Rolotex. This Joe Batanz. He calls me, then he calls you, then he calls me, then he calls you, and then he calls the time on his phone.
1: <laughs> he started doing that with me, where he's just like, we've been on the phone for 11 minutes. I think that's enough for today, so I'll talk to you later. And I'm like, okay, what? Well, I- Click. That's, that's, that's how the phone conversation is. Oh, yeah,
2: because he's moving on to the next call yeah. on his phone list. He called me this morning. He's like, why are you being mean to me? Why are you being mean to me? It's like, because I'm living life, Joe. Oh, yeah. This Larry. He goes on this serious
0: radio. He's yucking it up with everybody. I call him what? I hate L.A. It's ugly. At least
2: I pick up the phone now.
0: Oh, I know. Yeah, I know. Wow. Oh, I know. (laughs) Taylor, it's a thing. All that means is he's just
1: worn you down.
2: That's all that means. I know Stockholm syndrome. I know. I realized, oh god,
1: it's just easier just to pick up the phone now because he's going to call back in twenty minutes if I don't.
2: And you know, it's all my own fault because I I stalked him on the social media. Mm-hmm. See, I'm like Joe Vitanza. I'm such a big fan. Now I'm like, how do I change my phone number? Yeah, it's like inviting a vampire into your house.
1: Like many of these queens this season, be careful what you wish for because you just might get it. You finally get on Drag
2: Race and realize it's a little <laughs> bit more than you expected. <laughs> It's a pleasure to be here. I'm a big fan of this podcast.
0: (laughs) Let me tell you how much this Larry and Taylor are hitting it off. They're not letting me speak. I know.
1: know, I was going to say, I think Larry needs to be the permanent third co host at this point. This is in,
2: baby.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I don't know if Larry could handle it because he is so used to being the boss. I
2: don't think you can handle it. He is
0: so used to being the boss on his show. Now there's a new game. I'm the boss. (laughs) I'm the one now who has to call on Larry Flick. He's not going to like it. Mm. This week, Trinity sets her sights on Valentina. Aja looks in a different mirror than the rest of us. (laughs) Farah confesses she doesn't know how to sew. Kimora confesses she doesn't know what an adjective it is. And Cynthia explains the origins... Of her cuckoo. On the main stage, the girls show off their prettiest Princess Couture while also introducing us to their stupid sidekick. Peppermint and Valentina gave Trinity a run for her money while Kamora dragged Aja and Farah down to the bottom. But in the end, Trinity Taylor was named the winner of this week's challenge while Kamora and Black sashayed away ladies name two things you liked about this episode and one thing you didn't let's start with our very special guest from sirius xm radio entertainment weekly radio channel 105 one-on-one with larry flick give it up for larry
1: flick that took a lot of breath (laughs) that? (laughs) that was impressive
0: Mm-hmm. I know. I don't, what, imagine well, what Larry Flick's name badges look like. It's just like, it's like a, a sash, you know, like like you know, like the mayor from Hamburger Town or whatever McDonald's Mayor Mcburger. What was his name? Mayor
1: McCheese.
0: Mayor McCheese. Mayor McCheese. Yeah, baby. That's what his sash looks like. Just when he has what he does. I'm sorry, Larry. Name two things you liked about this episode. One thing you didn't.
2: Well, I got to tell you that one thing I really liked, and this is going to be an unpopular opinion. I really like this challenge. I really like this challenge because it it forced the queens to show whether or not they had creativity. Not just whether or not they could sew, but whether or not they had imagination. So it outed a lot of these bitches as either being completely look queens with nothing else, i.e. empty bags. Mm -hmm. Or who had the potential to go the distance. So I really liked this challenge a lot. And I really, really liked Trinity. I'm now Team Trinity. Taylor of Oh, wait, wait, what didn't you like? I didn't like the fact that we're now starting to see that there's a template for this show, and the queens are not showing as much of their actual selves as much as they're trying oh. to be this season's Courtney this season's Bianca. This season. It's kind of like when Survivor had that first monumental season, and everybody was like, I'm going to be this season's Richard Hatch. I'm going to be this season's this. And I feel like as a result, we're getting caricatures instead of real people. I didn't like that.
0: I like that Larry thinks that most of the Drag Race audience was alive when the first season of Survivor came on. <laughs>
2: Taylor named. Well, two- you were obviously. Oh,
0: I was. Oh, I was a big fan of this Richard Hatch. Taylor, what did you think of Richard
1: Hatch? Uh, no, no. I I've never watched a full season of Survivor. I've watched bits and pieces of episodes, but that's he's that's never been. My thing that always to me seemed like that was the beginning of incorporating villains into reality shows, and I didn't mm. necessarily that 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 wasn't that wasn't that wasn't necessarily my thing. I I want shows where everybody gets along. I like like the real world where people had arguments, but it wasn't like where there was somebody that was the asshole through an entire season. Richard Hatch played it to be an asshole and won, and therefore kind of inspired other people to then think, well, that's the way that you get ahead is by being the bitch, by being the villain, by being the schemer. That sort of thing,
2: but don't you think that that's what Drag Race is becoming? That we have—I mean, I was watching, and I'm like, oh well, there's this season's Courtney, there's this season's Jocelyn Fox, there's this season's Trinity K Bonet. Well, to be fair, I don't think anybody ever says I want to be this season's Jocelyn Fox. Yeah, that's, that's not wah, wah. <laughs> well, uh-huh. uh, fair enough. Fair enough, but I just—I guess it's starting to feel a little formulaic. The queens are not giving themselves. Oh, and you could.
1: You can tell that, I mean, as it gets closer, where when they realize that there's six or eight of them, they all come in and they pretty much go, it's going to be Snatch Game this week. We know it's going to be Snatch Game. So that, in that regards, I see what you're talking about. And that's something that I think we've talked about on the show.
0: Okay. I want to say two things because, you guys, uh, once again, one-time guest co-host Larry Flick um, wisely – we were talking about – the well, never mind – you know what the problem is? It's getting edited out. I'm hearing myself, so I'm losing my train of thought. Okay, because one year off. Well, no, well, we, the, we all lose the, the, we we it, all the, lose the train of
1: thought when you talk too. So that makes sense.
0: <laughs> kind of like when we're on the phone with you. Oh my god, the shade <laughs> is real. Oh, by the way, want to know something? What? I And listening, they haven't played the shade rattle this season at all.
1: I because the whole episode shade. I noticed last. Was it last week? Or was it this week when she came in and she walked around That they use one of the sounds But they don't use that Noise Yeah, Because she's not she, RuPaul's not necessarily really going for them When they're like the well you're going to have to try something You know we've seen yeah, this yeah, before yeah, yeah. And then turns on her heels and walks away I, I um, have noticed that.
0: I want to go back to Richard Hatch, because this is really important. Okay. One, what you're saying, I think, is monumental to television, because he's the... It was like Survivor is the first modern-day reality competition series. So he, what for the very reasons you said, established the template for which all reality competition shows are modeled on. Granted, he's in prison now, but he, that's important. One, two, he's a homosexual, so of course... That's important. I don't know why. Three, you know that Daniel and Donna think I'm the Richard H- Richard Hatch of this show.
2: <laughs> but you are Blanche. Oh. Wait, look, who's still on the Actually, island? I'm the Richard Hatch. I've come in to take over. Oh, you think, do you? Da- oh, <laughs> Daniel
0: Brewer, <laughs> the 14th contestant, voted off Brawl's Drag Race recap. <laughs> Um,
2: Taylor, did you tell us
0: – Taylor, did you tell us the two things you liked and two, th- one thing you didn't?
1: Um, the two things – I liked the challenge. I liked the idea of the challenge. I think that what Larry said as far as we definitely saw some rise to the challenge and some go down in flames. Um, I liked that with some of these characters, I still haven't gotten a good – grasp on who they are i seem to have people that i like and we'll talk about this through the episode people that i thought i didn't like that i really like now or people that i really thought i liked that by the end of this episode and particularly untucked i was sort of eh, like i i I don't really know what's what's what what my end feeling is going to be for them um one thing that i didn't like and this kind of speaks more to the broader rupaul with everything that's going on not only within on the show but within social media i'm not 100 percent sold on valentina yet but i feel like the way that they're they're editing this to where i feel like she's a almost a guarantee top three at this point and her fan base has gotten to the point where it's almost like you can't say anything negative about her like I feel, I feel restricted in some ways. That if I were to say something negative about her look or something like that, it would come back. I, we've noticed that from emails that we've gotten and Facebook comments and just things that I've seen on Tumblr. And I tried going on Reddit at one point, and then my head exploded, so I went walked away. But it just seems like she has such a huge fan base that I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't like that. That it seems like they're kind of they've pretty much almost like handed her the the, the golden ticket to go to the top three.
0: Okay, let me step in here, because we don't really have a Valentina section in this script this week. She wasn't a major player, so we can talk about this now. It actually, as a Valentina fan... But yet, someone who watches the editing worries me how much they're giving her the hero edit. Because to me, there has to be an arc for a character. And that means now we're at the point, because three weeks in a row, we're getting a crazy great edit for her. That there is a fall that's going to happen. Because that's like, why are you playing her up so much? Whereas, and we can talk about this more with Aja... There's some you can see the Violet Chachki, Naomi Smalls, uh, Adored Delano bubbling of like, oh, this is a queen who doesn't know what she's doing. And then she gets a redemption later in the season, because as we all know, and Sasha commented on it, is she's a very popular queen in New York. And maybe Larry can fill us in on that. But um, I feel that there's a redemption edit coming with Aja.
2: Larry, do you want to jump in on this? Yeah, absolutely. First of all, I, I'm, I go back and forth in Valentina. When I first saw her on Meet the Queens, I was like... I would love to go
0: back and forth in Valentina. Um,
2: and then I really fell in love with her during the first two episodes. This week, it started to make me... I started to realize that she was all frosting and no cake. Meaning, she's, she might be the most self-produced of all of the queens. You know, RuPaul and Michelle Visage talk a lot about how these queens go on the show and try to produce themselves on the show. And so far, she is the most self-produced. It's all surface. And even the bit with the sunglasses was evidence that she's hiding something. And I could tell you that in watching, unless unless it was part of the edit... That, that There was a moment there when Rue looked at her and said, let me see your eyes. And she was reluctant to take those glasses off. And to me, that was a metaphor for what's going to happen to her this season. She is heading for the dirt. I think. I think she's still going to be a top three queen, but I think it's not going to be an easy ride for her. Because also, as much as I do enjoy her, and as much as everyone seems to be loving her... I thought her, we'll talk about this later when we talk about the looks, I thought her runway look was meh. Yeah. I thought it was very meh. I thought her character, her sidekick character, meh. I thought I saw Bianca Del Rio do it better in season six. And so far I just see her cribbing notes from everybody's notebook, and I don't know who she is yet. So let me ask you this question. I, I don't think you're wrong. But then- and Aja, by the way, by the way, Aja is... A fierce queen, and Aja is huge in New York. That's why they all gasped when she was when she was in the bottom two oh. because she's a fierce queen. Although she looks busted on this show, yeah, she's a, she's a fierce queen in this town. She rules. She runs this town. Okay, you, you comment. You said a bunch of things. I want to comment on one. I
0: don't right. necessarily disagree with you about the self producing, but then why don't Rue and Michelle see it? A. B. That stu- when they gasped on the runway, you just spent out uh, so much time backstage knowing that
2: Anja was in the bottom. How are you? Like, oh!
0: <laughs> you just know. talked.
2: There's a whole I show know. about it. Well, did you listen to RuPaul's most recent podcast, the uh, the ruversary Oh no, thing? how was it? Okay, it was good, and it's good because they talked a little bit about season nine at the beginning of it, mm-hmm. and they talked about how the viewers gravitate initially toward the pretty queens, and Mm -hmm. they signaled Valentina as one of the queens they're clearly gravitating toward because she's pretty, Mm
1: -hmm. and
2: that with time, pretty fades, and that they start to gravitate more toward the queens of substance. And maybe I've got my tinfoil hat on, and maybe I'm just kind of reading where there isn't anything to be read, but... It wasn't fascinating that they, they cited Valentina and they cited Pheromone as like the pretty queens that people grab, are, are reaching for first because people like pretty first. And I think that that says something. So I think that they're playing along with that, with that through line.
0: Is anybody gravitating towards Pheromone?
2: Pheromone's a really big social media queen. I could see that because she is pretty. She's a big Instagram queen. Not only is she
1: pretty as a girl, but she's also pretty as a boy. Oh, no, so. she's not. No, she's not.
0: That hair is awful. She's not cute. I do not buy she's it. She's got into a good
2: it. face. She's got a good face. She's not my type, but she's got a good face.
0: After James's elimination, the girls walk back into the workroom where Kimura expresses surprise at being in the bottom two, while a grateful Valentina is half-jokingly challenged by an envious Trinity Taylor. I'm going to play a clip, but I want you to notice the laughter at the end. I want to talk about it.
1: I'm very focused to deliver to the
2: next level every single yeah. time. I'm
1: really looking forward to knocking you out of your winner spot, okay? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Ooh, that was a Michelle Visage. Yeah.
0: What was that? Who was the one that laughed like that? I don't know. That's why I said, why is Michelle Visage? Let's listen, hear it again. Let's hear it again. Play it again. I'm
1: very focused to deliver to the next level every single yeah. time. I'm really looking forward to knocking you out of your winner spot, okay?
2: <laughs> Could it be Cynthia? That sounds, like a, that sounds like an outtake from a judge's panel. Yeah. Did Do you think she, that they did
1: that? No, they, they wouldn't have added something to that. I know. But no. you know, there's those
0: but editors. It sounds like it, doesn't it? There yeah. are those editors that put in the Wilhelm scream as a little inside joke for other editors. And uh, I bet you maybe now there's a new Wilhelm scream, and it's Michelle Visage's (laughs) fake laugh.
2: That's funny. I don't know. That's my
0: theory. And I'm sticking to it. Okay. Here we go. (laughs) Um, Okay. So anyway, what did you guys think about that? What did you think about Trinity's bitterness? What did you think about uh, – I guess we had our Valentina conversation here. But uh, Taylor, any thoughts on what happened when they walked in? Oh, also Kimora being surprised at being in the bottom two.
1: Well, OK, the Kimura thing, I think that just sort of shows who she is as a person in that we we, uh, I haven't been of a Kimura fans from the Meet the Queens episode. And I think a word that I would definitely use to describe her is vapid and surface. And I don't think oh, she, adjectives, but those are both adjectives. They are adjectives. And I think that she just doesn't get that because she has people that find her to be so beautiful according to her and that people just throw themselves at her, that she just assumed that she was going to walk in and was going to have this in the, in the bag. And we've seen on this episode throughout this episode, and then even through untucked, we'll talk about untucked at the end, at the end of uh, the show that she doesn't have her perception is not in reality. She, she lives on her own different planet. So I, the fact that she made those statements, doesn't surprise me at all um as far as trinity going after valentina and the laugh whether it was the wilhelm scream (laughs) the Michelle ass thing or not i think that you know you figure you've had at this point it's been two episodes back to back in which they have kissed valentina's ass and you're starting to see that not only through this, but through the Aja thing on Untucked. I think it's it's getting to people where they're recognizing, okay, we've got somebody that everybody seems to really like, so now we kind of have to go for her in a way. Like, she's going to be the one that everybody focuses on.
0: Okay. Larry?
2: Um, I agree with uh, picking up on that Valentina thing. I I agree that people are starting to figure out that because these queens are so hyper-aware of the show, its impact... I think they're also aware of things like editing. And I think that there there was probably enough evidence in their space already for them to think, yeah, she's going to get the hero edit, and I need to get me some camera time, and I need to knock her down. I also think that Trinity specifically is a pageant girl. And she's a pageant girl who wins a lot. So when you take someone who's used to winning... And you put her second, third, or whatever. And then even, you know, at some point, Rue says, you almost won that challenge. That just brings out the competitive Tracy Flick in the election movie kind of edge. And it makes them crazy. And I think that's what we saw. Um, I think Kamora is a classic case of small fish, big pond. A big fish coming out of a small pond, being thrown into the sea. I think in her Vegas world, she probably is the queen. And she thought, I'm going to go. It's To me, it's like Sasha Bell, season seven. <laughs> I got this figured out. Mm-hmm. I know how this works. I've cracked the code. I'm going to go in. I'm going to win. And then you walk into that room, the lights, the cameras, all these other queens, and you shrink. You become Cindy Brady on that episode of The Brady Bunch where she just can't speak. And I think that's what happened to Kimora. She just, Yeah. Big fish, small pond being thrown into the ocean and can't swim. Okay, I
1: love that Larry is throwing all these pop culture references, like Tracy Flick and Cindy Brady, and I love that Larry is clearly a super fan, because who the hell has brought up Sasha Bell and Jocelyn Fox in the same <laughs> episode of any show ever?
2: That's right, baby! I told you, <laughs> ride or die!
0: I don't like this. I think Taylor's being the Richard Hatch now and trying to get me... <laughs> booted off the Sirius XM Radio Entertainment Weekly Radio Channel 105 One on One with Larry Flick show where I will be tomorrow Monday at noon with Sergio Kletnoy Michael Pagnata, Jamila Williams and Larry Flick as we break down each week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race live on Entertainment Weekly Radio on Sirius XM Radio Channel 105 One on One with Larry Flick
1: the next day the girl <laughs> He's annoyed. What the hell? The low energy thing and then just goes right into the net of the script.
0: (laughs) The next day, the girls walk walk back into the workroom for the next challenge. Rue enters and pointlessly plugs Madame Tussauds uh, wax figure of her before introducing this week's maxi challenge. For this week's maxi challenge, you need to create a totally original fairy tale
1: princess. First, you'll come up with a memorable name and a mythology. Then, you'll need to design a fantasy frock to debut on the main stage.
0: Hashtag drag princess. And to help you bring your princess story to life, you'll also be creating a sassy sidekick. And you'll be playing both parts. Back in the workroom, Eureka blatantly rips off Violet's season 8 finale look. Farrah and Kimora admit they're not confident in their sewing skills, while Aja is apparently overly confident in her sewing skills.
1: I feel like I have the new age mindset to kind of like make this extremely avant-garde and high fashion. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I might have this one in the bag. It's a design challenge and I sew 80%, 95% of everything I wear so I'm known for creating different looks and I feel really confident that this might be my challenge.
0: Larry Flick from uh, Sirius XM Radio, Entertainment Weekly Radio Channel One 105, uh, one-on-one with Larry Flick. What are your thoughts on uh, uh, Rue's entrance, on the Madame Tussauds bit, on the Maxi Challenge this week, and on Aja? Give us your thoughts.
2: Well, first of all, I think Rue will grab any opportunity <laughs> he can to <laughs> say, I'm fierce and you're not. And I think that they took that Madame Tussauds statue as kind of like her. You, you aspire to be me. That's why it's there. It's there. It's, it's, there, it's a vanity piece. And it was annoying.
0: Has yes, I been here? Can you can not everyone in the audience uh, uh, has Sirius XM radio. Do you want to share? You, you have a personal re- a history with RuPaul, Charles.
2: Yeah. I've known Ru for uh, 30 plus years. We used to be very, very good friends uh, in the days around the whole supermodel you better work. Period. Mm-hmm. I was an editor of Billboard magazine when uh, when Rue was signed to Tommy Boy Records, and um, we were very, very good friends. In full disclosure, we're not very good friends these days. Although um, it was over something really minor, but Rue has a has a very thin skin, we'll say. But I'm very good friends with everybody involved with uh, this uh, this program, from the people who produce it to Michelle to many, many of the queens who've been on the show. Now, so I interrupted you, but go ahead
0: and continue what you were saying. What did you think? Of, now, we know you actually like this challenge. And I like
2: this challenge very much. I thought it was really kind of weird and creative. and But I have to tell you, mm-hmm. and, and Taylor's right, I am a super fan of this show. And I'm struggling with this season so far because I feel like the self-production is a little too strong. And as a result, we're not getting... This is not the hottest crop of queens, at least not yet. Because all I kept thinking was, God, I'd love to see Raja do this challenge. Uh, God, I'd love to see Raven do this challenge. God, I'd love to see, you know... uh, Madame (laughs) Laqueur? I'll bet Madame Laqueur would have done better than some of these queens. Oh, really? I think Mimi on First would have done better than some of these queens. I just thought it was a... It was a great challenge for a group of queens who weren't up for it. Um, I, th- I did. I thought this challenge was. It was very reminiscent of the Hello Kitty challenge. Very reminiscent of that weird Wizard of Oz challenge, but without the little women dancing around them. And um, and I, I did. I liked this challenge very very much. It was a very high level drag for advanced queens kind of challenge. And a lot of these queens are still at intermediary level. Okay, let's let's have Taylor jump in here on this. Taylor, do you want to contribute to this?
1: Yeah, I think that I like the idea of the challenge. I like the concept of the challenge. And you really kind of were able to separate the pack a little bit. I almost wish, much like the Wizard of Oz challenge, they waited until later in the season to do that. I think if they had done this later, you would have been more impressed with everybody. You could have really seen who was creative versus who wasn't and then the creative ones really would have it would have been an amazing runway look some of the runway looks which we'll get to later were great and some of them there was no creativity to
2: them at all but let me jump in here for a second and just say i like the fact that it was early because it was a very kind of separating the you know the best from the worst the wheat from the chafe it was okay swim bitch (laughs) Well, yeah, that swim. Th- that is one way of and, looking and at it. And a lot of them sank like fucking rocks.
1: But honestly, I don't necessarily want to see that. I don't want to see that. And my favorite part of the show is the runway show, is the runway looks. And I, that is one Ugh. section where even the ones that I don't like necessarily like. I'm rooting for, you know, I'm Tyra Banks. We were rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. So when you see the ones that come out like Aja did, like a couple of the other ones where you're sort of like, oh, God, that's like, that makes me sad (laughs) to see them coming down like that. I don't want to see that. So this, I'm a big Princess fan. I'm a big Disney fan. So I think that some of them could have done so much more with their concepts and their mythology and the, the stories that they told and the stupid thing with the sidekicks. It just... Fell flat, And some of them, I think, had they not had the sidekick, it would have actually raised the look a little bit more. But the sidekick is what actually brought them down.
2: See, I agree with you in terms of I want them all to be fabulous, too. But I I also thought it was clever for them to put this so early because when you're watching now 13 queens, putting some sort of identification on them sooner than halfway through the season is hard. And by doing this really tough challenge early on, it helped you sort of finger finger out who is better than, than not. And it helped you kind of build an identity for the Queens that if they were getting safe challenges, it might take you longer. Keep in mind they're they're trying to sell the show to a much different audience on VH one. Yeah. It's not only logo now. And and you know, this is how traditional competitive reality shows Function They make the crazy challenges first, second, third week because that's how you build a favorite if you're going to watch the show for the long haul.
1: Yeah, I guess. I have a question. When was this was taped last summer? Was mm-hmm. that when this was? Uh, last September. Last September. OK. Mm-hmm. And that puts it where in relation to the season seven crowning. Season, I'm sorry, the season eight crowning where where mm-hmm. Violet came out with the that skull. That was in that May. Was Early May. Early May. So that really, I mean, because the thought, my thought with the roaches and the rats and everything when she was talking about that in the workroom, my first thought was like, well, we saw Violet do this. So it makes sense that it would have really been fresh in her head as far as a Eureka we're talking about, fresh in her head as far as a look that she would want to do because Mm -hmm. of the, I mean, that was an overwhelmingly positive reception, I think, to Violet Chachkis. Everybody was just floored by that. So I could see where she would want to do a play on that, even though she described it as a sewer queen. I can't speak for all the fans, but I think
0: many Reddit queens would say that's probably the most iconic look worn by a drag queen on the show. Like, it, it it gotten a really big response. You know what's so funny? I like hearing you guys say that you like this episode. I was ambivalent about it, but one of the things I thought, and maybe this isn't true, was that they were going for the young teenage queen who smokes a lot of weed. this seemed like something like a, <laughs> you know, like a, a Aqua Teen Hunger Force Cartoon Network so- style of like bizarre humor that's so funny to you when you're high. Can you imagine being high and watching those little characters talk? And it sort of, sort of seems that they were going for that and playing for that because now they know who their new audience is. And that's why I thought. So it's kind of interesting to hear that you guys uh, liked it because neither one of you even though you guys are both 14, you guys don't smoke weed. So uh, that was interesting to hear. Uh, Larry, what were your thoughts on Aja's uh overconfidence here
2: um because she is in new york a very fierce queen um i think she's having a little bit of the same problem that kimura had where she's ruling this town right now she thinks this is the center of the universe therefore she's gonna rule drag race and i actually like aja even though i don't think personally that she's a fierce queen (laughs) um i find her very charming But I find almost all of her looks busted. So I'm watching her swagger and I'm thinking, girl, (laughs) girl, because I also know that she is also uh, she's a filter queen on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Like that's not her face on Instagram. That's that's an oil painting of her face on Instagram. That's how filtered she is. We'll get
0: to that. But she doesn't seem to realize that. Go ahead. Sorry, Larry, cut you off.
2: No, no, no. So I I find the swagger kind of questionable um, because, you know, just because a a, a bar full of 500 queens think you're fierce doesn't mean you're going to rule the drag universe. So I think she's she was headed for a fall and we saw that she did. Taylor?
1: Aja is one of those queens this season that and this happens this happens every year where you kind of forget she's a contestant until they show her. Like, like you remember when you're watching, she's like, oh yeah, she's on, but she's not one when I think about, and I don't mean that like, I don't mean that as shady as that probably sounded, but there are certain, there are certain, when, when, you know, you're wandering around the house and you're thinking about the show, as I do apparently all the time, um, I think about, you know, Valentina, I think about Alexis Michelle, I think about Peppermint, I think about Charlie, I, Aja is one that when I start watching the show, I'm like, oh yeah, she's on. So, I don't necessarily have a really good sense of whether or not I like her. I will agree with Larry that, and we've talked about this, that she, I mean, she is, she's very unpolished in HD or the way that she does her makeup or the way she's just, it's, she's kind of rough looking.
2: Oh my God.
1: It, you know, that that's, but that that's the difference between being able – that's that self-control that you have as far as you control what pictures show up on Instagram or pictures show up on your Facebook page and that kind of stuff versus where there's just cameras following you around and they just get whatever.
2: You don't look for her. You don't look for no. her on screen.
1: No. Certain other I mean, ones you she,
0: look for. Yeah. She's not charismatic. Mm-hmm. You know who is a good example of what you're talking about is Alexis Michelle. She hasn't really had a storyline, but she's been a big presence in the episodes. You know who she is and you look for her.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: You know what's so funny? And, you know, you're both from the East Coast Um, because Larry said he likes her personality think she's funny which is i find it as a very kind of as not from new york it's what a lot of people don't like about the new york sort of attitude she has a very stereotypical new york go fuck yourself kind of attitude which larry being from new york finds funny but i think a lot of people are like oh fuck that bitch who does she think she is but larry gets it i'm speaking for larry now
2: and you're right you're absolutely right
0: thank you for recognizing that finally <laughs> Thank you for recognizing that. <laughs> All right. Back in the workroom, Rue makes her rounds among the queens. Farrah whines about her lack of sewing skills, and Kimura demonstrates she needs a brush up on grammar. What's an adjective? What
1: is an adjective? Is it an adjective where you like. Oh, that's, a, that's a noun.
2: It's a word that describes something. Like, what do you mean? You're beautiful. Beautiful is So an beautiful
0: adjective. is the adjective. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna put delicious. Is that an adjective? Yeah, that's a super adjective.
2: Come on, English lessons.
1: Taylor. I I, I Speechless. Larry? I'm just
2: <laughs> Can I throw a monkey wrench in this? Can sure. I throw a monkey wrench in this, sure. please? Why is Cynthia Lee Fontaine back? <laughs> The entire time that clip was playing, I kept thinking, why are you there? Get out. Get I out.
0: think cancer is thinking the same thing. Oh. Oh.
2: God. <laughs> that? I mean, at least when they brought Shangela back, she was a, a, you know, a, a polarizing figure. You loved her. You hated her. You, were kind of, you had no choice but to deal with her. This cuckoo is like, ugh. I'm sure she's a nice girl. But I'm I'm just all I kept thinking while we were playing that clip was, you're just a non-figure, non entity
0: What's the name of that movie where remember where people cheat death and that death, death tries to come after them? Final Destination. <laughs> She's like a living Final Destination. The <laughs> cancer comes for her. No, this uh, Pulse nightclub. She's out of there. Like she no. I'm gonna stick around her. She's like a cat with her nine lives. <laughs> <laughs>
2: She's got good luck. She sure. does. <laughs> Um, Taylor, have you but found yeah, your I mean, voice? I, I, oh. just, I just couldn't. That's all I could think.
0: Taylor, you found your voice here?
1: I, okay, I I suffer many things gladly in this life. Ignorance, or, or even feigning ignorance, is not one of them. And whether or not she was playing that up because she thought that would be a moment or whatever, people that are that stupid or pretend to be that stupid— Fuck off! Get get off my TV screen! I don't I I don't want to see somebody like you. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. It's it's just that that to me is just dumb. there is there is just a level of stupidity. Even if she was trying to play that up, that is going to follow her for a long time. Not being able to do. I just I'm I was speechless when she said that.
0: Well, I think it's one of these things where stupid pretty girls, she realized she's playing that like, I'm stupid. You know, aren't I cute? Cause I'm so stupid. But what happens? And now this is going to on one of my Joe Batance rants. You see this with pretty girls all the time. Uh, Heather Locklear is a good example. When you're like a really pretty girl and everybody laughs at everything you say and everything you do is wonderful. And then you hit 35 and they could not give a shit. And they go crazy. Remember Heather Locklear went crazy? Because she was like, oh, I'm not the pretty one anymore. People, I'm saying jokes and people aren't laughing. And uh, and they go crazy.
2: That's going to happen with this uh, pheromone and the Kimora Black. Thank you. Yeah, but you got to be pretty in order to get away with that, and I don't think Kimura Black is pretty.
1: I would agree with that.
0: No, she's not.
2: It's elimination day, and the girls are back in the
0: workroom. Cuckoo fills us in on the origin of her favorite word. The girls sensitively allow the producers to exploit the slaughter at Pulse Nightclub, but even (laughs) more tragically, Aja apparently sees a different person in the mirror than everyone else in the world.
1: Oh, I feel so good to have these brows back. I see you have an eyebrow lift. Just a little. Are you afraid of what America is gonna think of your makeup without Facetune? Nope, because I think I look almost the same.
2: Awkward silence.
1: (laughs) Everybody can get quiet, but I think I look the same
0: in photos. From Sirius XM Radio, Entertainment Weekly Radio, Channel One Hundred Five, One on One with Larry Flicks. Larry Flick, what were your thoughts? <laughs> you
2: don't have to say that every time, on Aja
0: here, do, do I? It's I mean, in your contract I, you sent me. You just guaranteed he I will know, say it know, every single time now.
2: Sorry, Taylor. <laughs> um, she's clearly got the glaucoma or something because her skin looks like the textured ceiling in my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> oh jesus <laughs> i sorry <laughs> if you're gonna put yourself on tv for evaluation you're gonna have to live with mm-hmm. that you know what i'm not walking i know i'm not i know i'm not the prettiest girl in the world but i'm also not asking you to judge me i'm not putting my face up there and she's just delusional i like aja but i don't know the, there were some shots when she was saying that where her skin just looked like it looked like the surface of, like, it was just jagged. Am I crazy? No. No. It was really bad. And I felt really bad for her. Because I do think she's a nice person.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, you know what? Larry's doing that thing that my old Southern women do where they go, like, she's a horrible human being. She should die and fall off a cliff. She's terrible. <laughs> but bless her heart. Bless she's her heart. He's essentially doing that.
2: because well, I don't want us to sound like I think she's a horrible person, but... Listen, if you put yourself in the public, in, in in view of the public to be criticized, you better be ready to take it. And I just don't think that it's yeah. there. Busted.
0: Taylor Vellante, boy.
1: Um. Yeah, I mean, on, on one level, I mean, you know, Larry kind of went for her, but I I think that. Really, at that point, also, when you have somebody asking you, ironically, somebody like Kimura, who doesn't have great skin either, saying something like, are you worried what people are going to say? Do you think that she would actually go, yeah, I am actually. I'm looking at my skin and it looks really, really rough like now. I mean, I think that that is she's going to try to show that confidence, especially in a room like that, because if she shows the 12 other contestants, yes, I am worried about my skin, that's chum in the water for some of them. And they're going to work on that, and they're going to work those angles until they they blow her self-confidence down to where they think they can get rid of her. So I understand on one level why she said that, but it was a dumb thing to say. I
2: was watching it, and all I kept thinking was, this is an opportunity for you to talk about how hard drag is on the body. And how all this crap you have to put on your face to make yourself look beautiful really takes its toll. I just And and she could have... She could have shamed the producers into out of doing that to her, and really kind of gone for a more sympathetic mm-hmm. storyline. But instead, she went for the New York swagger. Mm-hmm. She could have. She could have. Like, think about to like All Stars when Alyssa was doing all this like skin stuff, and they were mocking her for that. But that's why she, you know, all that stuff she does on her skin is why she doesn't look like Aja.
0: I think the future queens are going to have to ask for their contract for the Rue filter. That Sybil Shepherd moonlighting <laughs> filter that she gets now—you can barely see her. You're like, "Where's Rue?" Which we'll get to in a second. But you know what I want to touch on that you guys haven't touched on is—I really was kind of—I wouldn't say offended because I don't care that much, but I thought it was gross the exploitation of the Pulse nightclub shooting. Because now, you know, to answer your question, Larry, we saw the second reason why they brought Cynthia Lee Fontaine back. Yeah. So yeah. it wasn't just the cancer. It was she was supposed to be at pulse because the Trinity one was a dud. like Trinity, you're from Orlando. Uh, she's like, no, nope, I wasn't even there. no, nope, out of town. And they're like, oh but did you you knew someone? No, nope. no, all my friends lived. Um, some woman I work with lost somebody and they're like, oh my God, Trinity, we're so sorry because her friend's daughter, which is sad, yeah. but like why are you apologizing the Trinity?
1: And, and here, here comes cuckoo. the cuckoo. I was supposed to be there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I. Oh, me. I was supposed to be there. Yeah. And my uh-huh. one friend, he sent a message saying, "Hey, I'm just going to hang out." And who's yeah. that
2: guy with the gun? That, yeah, yeah. That's.
1: It was. It so. was. It was kind of. It was, it was gross. a little gross. Yeah, because
2: they're like, "Oh, it's that's why they brought gross, her back." But I, but I actually thought it was. There are so few places on TV, where you can have this conversation about, our safe place, and so. I wasn't offended. I took it more as this was them grabbing a chance to talk about something that you don't get to hear talked about on TV. Um, I had a completely different reaction to it. I think that it would have been the editing of the
1: stories, I think, if that had been done differently. Because towards the end, they talked about that this has always been a, you know, this should be a safe place for people. And this changed. I forget. I think I don't remember. Sasha Valor Who was it? Sasha Valore, Sasha Valore. So if they had, if they had maybe trimmed up the first part, it would have it, it, that wouldn't have been so gross to me. That I wouldn't have gotten that reaction. I do agree that, especially considering, you know, that this is a place where performers perform, and that the Trinity was a part of it. I, I, I understand why they brought it up, especially if you figure this was taped in September. It was like three months prior. It just it just it, the way they did it it was it was not not appealing. And I mean
2: now that now that you both are saying this, I'm I, I get I get why you say that and, and it is the setup was not graceful or elegant, but I thought the end the end result was perfect. Well you're right. <laughs>
0: I'm yeah. sorry, I got to do something here because you're right. Because essentially, what happens is, um, <laughs> because they do it as a mirror moment. Well, I want to, before I do this bit, I want to talk about how the one thing that they did do to balance is Sasha Valour, and I totally appreciate this. Did comment how this was really not only attack on gay people but gay people of color, which I think was always, so to speak, whitewashed in the media. Yeah. And um, it was an attack on gay people of color. And Sasha Valor did hit on that. And I thought that was important. But you're right. It is weird on the show because they'll be like, and, um, yeah, that, you know, my friend died. That <laughs> <laughs> gets like, always right before Rue walks out. Yeah, like, and I'll never forget my mom. Her last words were, I love you.
2: <laughs> yes, Larry? Well, they did do the thing that is kind of gross, which is when people, whenever people ask me about 9-11, there's always this, like, people find a way to insert themselves in a situation where they had no place in the situation at all. And that was the mm-hmm. part that was kind of gross, now that you, now that you guys are pointing it out. Yeah, wouldn't it, yeah, they're like um,
0: guys, you don't know this, but um I was supposed to be on one of the planes that crashed on 9/11. Okay. <laughs> I this is going to be obviously a new now that I have my new toy. Yeah. This is going to be my uh new thing, which I used to always get uh, like frustrated with Daniel about. And now I'm doing it. But once you have the toy, you can't stop playing with it. Kind of like when you're 13 years old and you discover masturbation. All right. Um, after the runway... Some of you listeners out there will know what that means in a year or two. After the runway... <laughs> After the runway looks and judges' critiques, the girls were brought back on the main stage. Trinity Taylor was named the winner of the challenge, while Camora Black and Aja were pitched head-to-head in a lip-sync challenge. For their lives, Anja was named the winner of the lip sync while Kamora was sent home packing. In what may be a first for the show, RuPaul herself threw major shade at Kimora as RuPaul asked her to sachet away. I'm going to play a clip right now. All necessary clips to get this have been stitched together for context, but uh, it's it is it was actually probably my favorite moment of the show.
1: <laughs> for so long, I've been hiding behind a breastplate and padding. I'm pretty known for my butt and I've been padding for so long, I'm kind of uncomfortable again.
0: And it's it's been hard. I think we all need to take a moment to
1: talk about the bravest struggle of all coming out here and telling us about her struggle. a struggle? With not wearing hip pads. Not wearing hip pads. <laughs> my god. Can you be alive and still be made a saint? No, but I think we can make
2: arrangements.
0: <laughs> Kamara Black. You bravely bared your soul and your ass. (laughs) Stay strong, sister. Now, (laughs) sachet away. I think that's like, if you want to see a wonderful example of shade, that's shade. In fact, I think, isn't there a definition by that woman who killed the person in Paris is Burning? Larry knew her. What was her name? Marsha Warfield. (laughs) No, 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 no. no. Is that the, isn't that the bailiff from Night Court? Darian Corey. Oh, yes.
2: right, 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 right. Um, yeah.
0: But didn't she say, like, Shade? Who's the one where Shade, they said that you don't even know? That's her. Yeah. yeah. That's her. And so that was a perfect example of that. Tate of the Latte Boy, what were your thoughts on uh, on everything I just said about the winners and the challenges and the, lips, the lip sync? Tell me about your thoughts on the lip sync and and also that Shade.
1: Well, as far as, as far as that clip, I mean, not all heroes wear capes, and that was a prime example of that, where, you know, for, for the bravery that she, that she that she did in showing everybody that, you know, she didn't need to wear hip pads. I think she was trying to stretch as a performer, and that was her way of showing, you know, where sometimes you see people where they say, you know, you gotta give more, you have to give more, you have to, you know, let go. This was Comora's example of trying to let go, and that she came out without padding, and we saw where that got her. The thing that actually angered me through through that is that she clearly did not know the words to the song she was doing the watermelon 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 over and over again as a way to cope with the fact that she didn't know the song when it was her and aja we watched it yesterday morning and i my partner and i and i paused the show and i said "Kamora's going home and he was like, how do you know that? I said, because I've seen Aja's videos. I said, and if there's one thing I know about her, it is that she is an amazing lip syncer." So unless she royally fucks this up, there, Kamora's going home, which we were both happy about because we didn't like Kamora. And I was, I was not disappointed. I thought that she – that lip-sync, for as busted as she looked, that lip-sync was up there with the Manila Luzon MacArthur Park – lip-sync from her season, as far as with the crazy looks and the just just throwing it all out there. It was an amazing lip-sync, and I think it will go down as a classic.
0: From Sirius XM Radio, Entertainment Weekly Radio Channel 105's one-on-one with Larry Flick. Larry, any thoughts on this?
2: Um, well, apparently Rue was wearing Kimora's hip pads because Rue's uh, <laughs> butt looked ten <laughs> times bigger this week than it has in years. That's number one. Number uh-huh. two, was do we think that there was a storyline in the workroom that was edited out about this big doffing of the hip pads? I mean, it just sort of came out of nowhere. It was like, Oh, you know what? You're probably right. all like emotional. She's all on her feelings about not wearing hip pads. And who even noticed? I feel like there was something that happened that we didn't, we didn't get to see. And I thought, Oh, we're going to learn about this in untucked. And, it wasn't an end either. It was just sort of, okay. Um, it was, ugh, it was so weird, and you know, it's funny because I previously, I mean, I loved the shade, but I also kind of found myself feeling a, a little uncomfortable by the shade. Yeah, oh, really? I found feeling a little uncomfortable. Are they were
0: punching down
2: because I thought, hmm, for nine seasons, Ru has successfully not played that card. And now she's playing that card. Mm-hmm. Why is she suddenly playing that card? It made me feel it made me feel mildly uncomfortable, if I'm being honest. Well,
1: okay, but if I can say something, when Komura was doing her runway walk, it's it, it, they have no problem showing like a disappointed Michelle. This was really the first time that I could think of in a long time they showed a what clearly looked to be a disappointed or pissed off RuPaul. I agree. Where she had a look on her face like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah. Walking down the runway,
2: we've seen that during some. Of, we've seen that from RuPaul during some of the lip syncs, but never, never from the runway during the lip syncs. And the only thing other time that I could think of that would possibly with the "I don't want to
1: hear any goddamn excuses" episode of season seven where there was that level of annoyance. So that might have been where this came from. You also said earlier, they're doing this show now for a different audience than they did when it was on Logo. So VH1, VH1 likes the cattiness yeah. with a lot of the shows yeah. they have. And they. so I'm wondering if this is their way of incorporating that a little bit more. If that's something we're going to see more often. I I don't I, know. But that, that was, I, I noticed that too. I'm like, that's a little different. With As soon as they showed her walking and RuPaul looking... Just genuinely annoyed. I thought, oh, that's that's not that's not good for her. It's good for us that don't like her, but it's not it good for her. It was
2: really weird to me. I thought it was funny, but for about a minute and a half, I thought, ooh, I don't know how I feel about this. And I have to say, I thought the lip sync was terrible. I, I'm with Larry, actually. Do you mean Aja's or both I, yeah, of them? I, I, I was watching this and I'm like, two really bad lip syncs. Two lip syncs in a row, two weeks in a row, where I would have sent home both of the queens. Yeah. Really? Oh, I loved Aja's. I loved Aja's lip and sync. I thought, and I think Aja is a, a fierce lip syncer. I watched her. In yeah, the clearly. And I think she's amazing. Mm-hmm. But I thought, eh, it stank of desperation. It didn't have any art to it.
0: Yeah. You really, you, you're standing for Aja. Yeah, you can tell. You really I love Aja her. A lot. All these I wonderful things you say. Them. Yeah, I know. Yeah, no, we can tell that this week. (laughs) Um, You know, here's my thing, actually. I agree-ish with Larry because, but it may not be their fault. I actually think there are some stunt shows and shenanigans going on with that lip sync. Because I think they were trying, the editors were trying to really show that Kamora didn't know the words. And I kind of get the sense that maybe they flicked the video a little bit so that, her lip-syncing wasn't as good. Because whenever um, Aja and kamora are in the same frame, neither one of them is lip-syncing well. But whenever it's just Aja, then the words match up. And I kind of wonder if they were trying to put it in the bag for Aja, even though it really kind of was just worth the way she was uh, dancing, but they wanted to make it very, very stark. Because it's weird. Why would Aja be on point sometimes, but then other times not? Um, there was some shade. Pandora Box did put the lyrics to um, that song. I Need a Hero, is that what it's called? I Need a Hero. I Need a Hero. She put the lyrics. That was all she wrote. Bonnie Tyler. But, um, but with, with that editing, if you take the editing as what it is, then it, 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 neither one of them knew the words of the song. And I was, and I was thinking, like, is now, is now not knowing the words of the song a thing on this? Because that was last week, too.
2: I'll look at, I was too distracted by that bath mat on Aja's head. What was that? What was that? It was like a wig, but it wasn't a wig and it had Christmas tinsel, right? You really love Anja.
0: <laughs> you just love her, Larry.
2: I was just distracted by it.
0: But everything's like, oh my God, she's the worst drag queen. But I love her. You know, she's a fierce queen here in New York, but Jesus she Christ. The words, but she's she, an amazing she's lip synchro. Yeah, my TV. but God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay uh, Let's wrap up part number one here Ladies any final thoughts on the episode Any stray notes you have Is there anything we missed From Entertainment Weekly Radio's channel 105 Sir XM Radio one on one with Larry Flick Do you have any stray final I thoughts
2: say that, uh, the One thing that Taylor said Early on in the beginning of our conversation is Something I feel very strongly about as well Which is um, My opinion on the queens is flipping Constantly Um, And I will say that the queens I was rooting for, queens I was rooting for early on, have kind of disappeared from my mind, like Charlie Hydes, um, like Peppermint, both likable people, but not really bringing it on my screen. Um, I'm suddenly really intrigued by Alexis Michelle, really intrigued by Alexis Michelle, and really intrigued by Trinity. What is your problem with
0: Taylor the latte boy? Ugh, they just ugh. First of all, this Alexis Michelle with this weird, the weirdest front comb over I've ever seen in my entire life. Right? And
2: uh, as a boy or as a girl? As a
0: boy. I don't know. It's like. <laughs>
2: I thought you were all, like, horny for him. No, that was
1: me. I was the one that was all horny
2: for him. No,
0: I was at first, and then we saw him in the workroom, and you're like, oh, wait, that's... You know, like, when you go to Universal Studios, and they have the facades, where it's like, oh, it's the Leave it to Beaver house, but then you find out that behind the front of the house, there's nothing? It's just the... Fa- that's that's Taylor, I and mean, that's Alexis Michelle's hair.
1: I was gonna say, watch it.
0: <laughs> no, that's Alexis Michelle's hair. It's like, you're... In the confessionals, you're like, oh, look at that lush, wavy, beautiful, full head of hair. And then you're like, oh, leave it to Beaver House, Adam's family house, Munster's house,
1: nothing behind there. But isn't that most drag queens, though? Isn't that where there's this amazing facade? And oh, actually, I, know, I just said that. As I said that out loud, I'm thinking I'm going to piss off every drag queen that listens to the show. But underneath, it's a completely different structure. So, but most drag queens, when they get all done up, you're like, "Wow, that's amazing, and that's really beautiful." And then they take off all the makeup, and it's something completely different.
2: See, I find Alexis's drag increasingly interesting. I don't know why. I thought I thought she did really well in this challenge. I thought I I would have had her top three. I
0: don't. I think I think she's a fierce competitor.
2: I certainly wouldn't have had. I certainly wouldn't have had peppermint in the top three, and I love me some peppermint.
0: Oh, I can tell you're you're on a roll here, where you just insult the person and you love them.
2: But I do. I mean, peppermint was a regular on my old show at Sirius XM. I was a big, big fan of hers, but she was kind of uh, she's not really doing anything. Uh-huh. She's mostly kind of going huh huh into the camera a lot. Well,
1: but I think that when they still got as many as they do certain ones, they almost they have they have to stagger the storylines because you can't have suddenly like 12 storylines all in a 40 something minute show on top of runway looks and everything else. So my hope is that with characters like Alexis and Peppermint, we're going to see more of them as it gets further into the show and that their storylines will rise a little bit while they get rid of. Because, I mean, you figure Kamora's gotten a lot of attention. Even James last week got a lot of attention so they're kind of cutting through some of those and allowing the allowing the other ones to to come come to the surface a little bit more as time goes on.
2: More organically. I didn't think peppermint was was as impressive on the runway and in the challenge as Rue obviously thought she was. I didn't think she was top three. I thought she was middle of the road.
1: Well, we will talk about that in part two. Yeah.
0: Um, well, actually, that concludes part one of our recap for season nine, episode three of RuPaul's Drag Race. Check your feed before you come for us on Tuesday for part two of the recap, where we'll cover all of the runway looks and dish the tea on Untucked. Remember to check out the gold bar where I talk to a listener about his or her thoughts on this week's episode. You can find that at SoundCloud.com slash Drag Race Recap, where you can also find my appearances on Sirius XM Radio. Wanna send Who where those whale? Oh, you know, I'll tell you, Larry. It's on Sirius XM Radio Enterta- Entertainment <laughs> Weekly Radio, channel 105, one on one with Larry Flick. Uh, you can write to us at Drag Race Recap at gmail.com, and you can also visit us online at Drag Race where you can find all of our old episodes. But be- before I sign out here, guys, we changed the feed over officially. Uh, like a week ago And I think there was some transition problems That Taylor knows I've been freaking out about this all week So here's what I need you guys to do I think we lost some people who would lost the feed I need you to tweet this episode Facebook this episode All your friends who listen to Drag Race Have them listen to this episode We need to get the word out about this show So that uh, Taylor doesn't go hungry Because uh, nobody wants that so, for Taylor Elias Disney, Larry Flick from Sirius XM Radio's Entertainment Weekly's one-on-one with Larry Flick on Channel 105, Larry Flick, and myself,
1: sashay away until part two.
0: Want to know what Taylor the Latte Boy is up to at all times? He has his own podcast called Pod Is My co available on iTunes and at podismycopilot.com. You can follow him on Twitter at taylor and also on Instagram at taylor. I have another podcast called Catching Up. It's available on iTunes and at cupodcast.com. You can also catch me recapping RuPaul's Drag Race on One-on-One with Larry Flick, on Sirius XM Radio every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Entertainment Weekly Radio Channel 105. Need to see what I'm eating? Follow me on Twitter at Joe Batance. That's E-T-A-N-C-E, and on Instagram at Joe Batance.